All right, welcome into another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal Saints here alongside Justin Barney. Uh, we are knee-deep in the offseason <laughs> at this right. point. The NFL Combine has gone by, so I, I was stuck to the TV all last week watching yeah. that. But the Jaguars have had some big news this week. Uh, let's start with Calvin Ridley, who's officially a Jaguars player. Welcome to town, Calvin. <laughs> welcome to town. He has uh, be, been reinstated by the NFL, and mm-hmm. it happened on a day when some other news involving the Jaguars. But Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, if you're Trevor Lawrence, you got to be music to your ears that those two guys are going to be in Jacksonville this year. But Calvin Ridley, the the potential for him Man. is off the charts. I mean, I, I've seen on Twitter people asking, you know, is he the best receiver in Jacksonville since? Is he the best receiver in Jacksonville since? And he's going to be the best receiver potential-wise in Jacksonville probably since Justin Blackman, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Just on terms of, of talent alone, Justin Blackman was a fantastic receiver the sky was a limit for him yeah. coming out of Oklahoma State he was a high draft pick that missing ingredient in the offense and he looked so good when he was on the field unfortunately he just could not keep it together mm. from the off the field stuff but Calvin Ridley on paper has I think as much talent as like a young Justin Blackman did yeah uh, you know and Calvin Ridley is immensely talented he's already done it on the football field um, you know the last time he played a full season he had over 1300 yards receiving so phenomenal career uh, but he's been on the shelf for a yep. little while. He hasn't done it in a little while. And last time he was playing that full season was 2020. Yeah. So it's 2023 now. So it's been a while. Uh, so there are some question marks about, you know, what he, he is going to be able to do when he gets out on the football field. The good thing that, like, at least gives me comfort when I say that question is that he has every reason to produce. He's on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Jaguars could walk away after this season. No team has to give him a shot. He has to go and prove it, and he wants that big contract because he's still yeah. on his rookie deal, technically. So he's looking for that, like, $100 million contract. Think that Christian Kirk deal that he got last offseason? Calvin really wants one of them. Yeah. So he has a lot to prove. Yeah, and you're getting a guy, of course, when he, he checked out for mental health reasons. You took a kind of a, a mental health reset during the season, and then right after that, there was news of him having uh, the gambling issues. He's suspended for the 2022 season by the NFL. So it... As you mentioned, the last season he played in, the full season, mm-hmm. was a long time ago, 2021, yeah. or excuse me, 2020. Um, it's 2021 season. It wasn't a full season. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's been a while that, that Calvin Ridley um, has has performed. But, right. the again, for the reason you mentioned, he's on his fifth-year option. He's similar to an Evan Ingram. You've got to produce in your last year. You're in not necessarily a prove-it deal for this year, but your prove-it deal for next year. Mm-hmm. He's looking at that, the numbers going up and everything. The question is how, in football shape, how will Calvin Ridley translate? How will he be when he gets on to that field? And I made the case on our News for Jags newsletter that if Calvin Ridley's floor right now can be where Marvin Jones was at, you know, in week one, I think I think Jags are in pretty good shape. Yeah. And then you just continually hope that week by week by week those football legs come back to him and sure. by, by midseason you've got three of the best receivers in the league plus – possibly a rookie tight end, plus an Evan Ingram. And that's a pretty darn good passing attack right there Mm -hmm. uh, on paper with those five guys. I feel pretty confident about that by the end of the season, we're going to be comparing Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk's numbers to Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell's numbers. I just feel pretty good about it because I think Christian Kirk is now not going to have as much pressure on Mm -hmm. him. Uh, we already seen that he can produce as like kind of the top guy. I think Calvin Ridley is going to take that like alpha spot, and then Christian Kirk now can kind of do some of the things that he's just better at: be a mismatch, work out of the slot, and not be forced to do as much elsewhere. It takes a little pressure off of him. 
Um, the other good news that came through, Evan Ingram got franchise tag, so he's still right. going to be in Jacksonville. Evan is here, and I, you know, I thought the it was trending towards a long-term extension with Evan sure. Ingram. Um, just kind of how things broke after the season. I know you talked to him in the locker room a couple times. Just his excitement level and being back here. He felt loved. He felt appreciated. He thrived this year. He was going to be back. And then somewhere in the process, uh, the signing to a long-term deal broke down. And for a couple reasons, this franchise tag is is hurts, I think. Um, yes, you get him on a, on a one-year deal baseline right now. If there's a deal worked out long-term, mm -hmm. has to be by, I believe, July 15th, July 17th, um, or they've got to take it into next season. So right. um, with the franchise tag, you don't get any break in terms of being able to spread out a signing bonus or be able to spread that out over in a period of years. And I believe that signing, you know, that, that franchise tag is like 11.4 million. Yep. Um, so there's no, there's no, there's no benefit there for the Jaguars in terms of being able to spread any signing bonus. The flip side of that, had you signed Evan to a long-term deal and the argument about Jawan Taylor, about tagging Jawan Taylor, this means that Jawan may not mm -hmm. be in the situation, you know, in back of the team with the franchise tag. But if you're talking a franchise tag between Evan Ingram and Jawan Taylor, there's a pretty sizable gap in terms of what they had to commit financially to those two right. players. You're talking about $18 million for a tackle on the mm -hmm. franchise tag. You're talking 11.4 to a tight end on the franchise tag. So say you signed Evan to a long-term deal, okay? You still you slap Juwan with the franchise tag, and you're paying him $18 million. So that's more from, than Cam from, Robinson. From a, from a financial perspective, yeah. it did not make sense to tag a Juwan no. Taylor, um, and it did an Evan Ingram because I think you're you're talking about those two. That's a $7 million swing right there right. for a team that doesn't have the bank. Um, so I think it was probably the right move to franchise Evan. And to me, I don't think it's even that bad if they ride with that franchise tag all the way through this year. Sure. And we'll see what happens. You know, it was trending in the direction of getting a deal. Some kind of way things fell apart. And ultimately, this franchise tag is kind of a pin in it. I mean, as soon as the news came out, Evan Ingram took to Twitter and was like, I'm excited to be back in Jacksonville, but basically said, I hope that we'll get a long-term mm -hmm. deal done so I can stay here. So clearly, he still wants that long-term deal. The Jaguars definitely want it because it would give them some salary cap relief. Mm -hmm. So they, this is just kind of putting a pause button on it. This is saying, well, when free agency starts next week, you can't go talk to other teams. You just will get back to you here in a minute. So they're going to handle their business and then before July try and get that long-term deal done. It's the same thing they did with Cam Robinson mm -hmm. last year. They franchise tag Cam and said, hey, let's just put a pin in this. We'll, we'll circle back after free agency. And then still we're right. able to get the deal done. And you've got, again, you've got almost, what, three months to get a deal done right. with them? I mean the deal, the, the the new season starts March fifteenth, and I think you got until July. You this know, is so July. That, so that's 15th. four months. So you got four months so to get a long term deal done with Evan. They've got time. You know, Jawan Taylor was always the tougher deal. Mm -hmm. If you were going to find a way to keep Jawan, it was going to be a challenge. Right. And that's where they have to focus that energy early on. I mean, the two challenging contract from a free agent standpoint right now that they had. They knew Juwan was going to be tough because the position he plays is a premium. Mm -hmm. They're not in a position where they can just pay him left tackle money, right. and someone is going to give him a big contract because of his age, the amount of games he's played, and the idea that his best football right. is in front of him. The other guy is Arden Key yep. because the, if you look at the free agent class, there's not a lot of pass rushers. Yep. There's definitely not a lot of proven pass rushers, and Arden Key has done has gotten at least six sacks the past couple of years. He looks like a guy who maybe is finally figuring out his role in the NFL. And when the market is is tight, somebody's going to say, 
I have to yep. get a guy and offer him a contract. So those were always going to be the two more challenging deals for the Jaguars to do. So maybe this is just a, hey, Evan, we know what you want. We'll get there, but we got to focus our energy on these other two guys. Yep. And that's, that's again, you buy yourself some time, yeah. um, you know, a four-month window to negotiate with Evan Ingram. He wants to be here. The Jaguars want him here. And I think that's the most important thing. It's right. just a, it's a matter of speaking the language, which is money. Um, and with Jawan Taylor, I think we talked about this even right after the season that he may not just naturally price himself out of Jacksonville's. It, it, again, it's it's the Dewan Smoot argument with how he was going. He was going to price himself out of the Jacksonville price range for mm -hmm. a young, proven pass rusher. Maybe not starter pass rusher, but a guy who could come in and give you six, seven sacks a year is pretty darn good. Right. So I think that with Jawan Taylor, he's hitting year five in the NFL. He's coming off of his best season. You're talking possibly a contract anywhere between 13 and, and 16 million a year. I mean, that's a pretty... That's a pretty big jump for Jawan Taylor. And again, franchise tag level is 18 million uh, for that, that offensive tackle. So mm -hmm. Jawan's going to get paid. Uh, Evan's going to get paid. It may just take a little bit of time. Yeah, you know, and the Jaguars have incentives to try and do some of these deals because they're still, like, technically, once they reinstated Calvin Ridley, they went back over the salary cap. Mm -hmm. Now, they the report's already out there that the plan is to move on from Shaquille Griffin, something that we've talked about on this podcast in the past that's kind of been a foregone conclusion. I love talking to Shaq in the locker room, hate losing the guy. Shaq is probably one of the nicest dudes on the team. Uh, so wish him well, but the contract kind of made it impossible right. for the Jaguars to not make this move. Right. You're looking um, at Shaq Griffin. I mean, cap number 17.1 million. Yeah. I just, you know, you could save the play 13.1 if you cut yeah. him. I mean, that's just, that's just a foregone. And thing. you couldn't, you couldn't pay your third corner that you couldn't after bringing in Darius Williams, him losing that starting job, the back injuries, some of the other stuff that had happened. It just didn't make sense. Right. And it's fine. They'll part ways. Hopefully Shaq will go and do great things somewhere else. We'll see. But ultimately the Jaguars had to do that. That'll get them right back under that salary cap. But I mean, they're five over and you save 13. So really, they're still not going to have a ton of wiggle room mm -hmm. when you start talking about some of these guys. So there's still some other moves yep. on the horizon that the team's going to have to do as far as restructuring some contracts um, and maybe even making some some tough releases to yep. kind of move on from a couple of guys. But they're in a good spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you talk about this Jaguars offense, I think I put something up on Channel 4 yesterday. Like, let's go back to 2020. There was Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson, Chris Manhurts, uh, <laughs> Marvin Jones, and um, DJ Chark. That was the offense. Yeah. Now you've got Trevor Lawrence again, but now you've got Travis Etienne, you've got Evan Ingram, you've got Christian Kirk, and you've got Calvin Ridley. Like, it, it, these aren't comparable yeah. offenses. I mean, you want to talk about, like, hit the upgrade button in a big way. Right. I mean, all of a sudden, we've talked about it, you know, all last year. Like, who is the guy that keeps defenses up at night? Travis Etienne has been a guy that yeah. shows, like, oh, defensive coordinators better know where this guy's at. Right. Evan Ingram started hitting that stride late in the season where it was like, oh, he, this guy is actually a matchup nightmare. If Calvin really picks up where he left off, he's a legitimate number one receiver in the league. He's a guy that defenses are going to have to plan for. That, and true. Christian Kirk showed that you can't just forget that he's on the football field. And, hey, Zay Jones had a good year, too, and he's not a bad guy to say he's your third. Yeah, exactly. I like the, the offense now. I mean, compared to what it was two years ago or when Trevor's rookie season, I mean, night and day. You, yeah. I mean, Christian Kirk became that guy at a career season with Jacksonville last year. Christian Kirk is only going to get better by the addition of Calvin Ridley because we've talked – if you follow the podcast newsletter anytime at all, I think the one – 
repetitive thing we've said is who is the alpha on this team? That's it. And in terms of, I mean, Trevor's becoming that alpha, but <laughs> the skill position guys, you yeah. know, I mean, Travis not there yet, I don't think. You know, that guy who can just say, oh, man, he's – He's the guy right there. He is the guy. We gotta, we gotta bracket him. There's no way he's gonna beat us in that open six for. They don't have that guy. They haven't had that guy. Mm -hmm. um, so again, I think you get that with a, with a pre-suspension, uh, pre-mental health break. Calvin Ridley. I mean, if he could do what he did in those first two seasons in the league, man, this offense is going to be dynamic. Knock yeah. on wood if everyone stays healthy. But and, and here's the hard thing though, is like, I look at it, I'm like, man, this offense could be really good. But this offense could be one that, that ultimately is very disappointing because the AFC is getting stacked and more stacked mm -hmm. by the day. I mean, you talk about you already have to worry about Pat Mahomes. You already had to worry about Joe Burrow. Now you've got the, the all of the stuff floating around that Aaron Rodgers may be going to the Jets. That's another tough guy that you have to go through. Don't forget Justin Herbert's still mm -hmm. hanging out there. Um, as a guy, it looks like just about every quarter, every team in the AFC South is in the market for a quarterback. So you hope that this is a terrible rookie quarterback <laughs> class because they'll end up landing three of them and all of them yep. stink. You hope that way the Jaguars stay at that alpha spot because uh, you don't want to see Bryce Young come in and do well. And then, you know, now the Jaguars got to deal with that yep. two, twice a year. And you're talking, um, you're talking. In that top five of the draft, you're talking about the Colts are going to get a quarterback. Yeah. And they're going to probably trade up and get one. The Texans are going to get one. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about two, three new quarterbacks, rookie-wise, that could come in. And two of those are going to be in your division. Right. I mean, in a, in a conference that already includes Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow is going to get an extension. Justin Herbert's going to get an extension. I mean, that AFC is loaded. So You just hope you, that the Ravens trade or move Lamar Jackson out of the AFC to just take one thing off the table. And it was interesting, though, <laughs> with the Ravens and the franchise tag deadline was today, and they slapped a non-exclusive mm -hmm. tag on him, which is lower money for Lamar, but also... The teams, teams have the ability to trade for him and mm -hmm. negotiate with him. I don't know if, you know, the, the reported the holdup for Lamar is the guaranteed. He wants sure. Deshaun Watson kind of guarantees. And I did see an interesting thing from ESPN this week, bold moves every team should make in the offseason. And mentioned, hey, cutting Deshaun Watson would be a bold move for Cleveland because that was such a bad deal right. given to him. But it, interesting to see if that if any team – We'll give the Ravens two first-round picks for Lamar and meet his uh, demands of a guaranteed contract. I don't know. It'll definitely be interesting. I just hope it's an NFC team. I hope Because that NFC would team. take one more quarterback out of the AFC and just Jags make that road Lamar. a little bit. Jags they, did beat Lamar. They did beat year. Lamar. They did beat they Lamar. They did beat him. But, you know, you still would like to take a talented quarterback out of the AFC since it looks like everybody's coming to the AFC hey, right now. Pro so. Bowl. Ravens had a Pro Bowl backing Lamar up. They did. They did. That's true. Tyra. Pro Bowler. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, the, the Jaguars will have a tough road, but this is going to be a really good offense. And you know what? We haven't even talked much about the draft. I think we did our mock draft a couple of weeks ago, and then there's just been stuff for each episode. And, you know, I was watching the combine, and I just keep sitting here. I'm like, you know, the Jaguars pick at 24. Like, who would make sense? And, and I'm like, yeah, they need help on defense. And then I'm like, you know what? Just add more firepower in the offense. Just, just <laughs> outscore, outscore everybody. everybody. Like, just score 40 every week and say, can you keep up? And like, I keep thinking about it. And I'm like, who would make sense to just, just outscore everybody? Like, Doug Peterson could have fun with that. Um, we'll see if they go that route. We'll talk more about that later on. I mean, we got to get through free agency yeah, next week before we can kind of really turn the page to that. Um, but, you know, th there are some guys in free agency that make sense. But don't expect when free agency opens to hear the Jaguars do anything. Mm -hmm. don't it's do going it. to be a muted uh, free agency. Like, That's it. Unlike last year, I remember we were sitting at the Players' Championship last year, and mm -hmm. these free agent nuggets just rolled out. They just signed another guy. Just signed another guy. Yeah. Brandon Sheriff 
Follow, I mean, Foley, Foley, it's unbelievable just the amount of weapons that they added on day one and yep. the blank checks that they were writing last year. Those blank checks are not coming this year. No. It is going to be penny pinchers, no. and they're going to try to save where they can. They're going to spot fill uh, here and there with guys. And, again, it all goes back to drafting and developing players because, again, you see what the affordability of a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal mm-hmm. allows the team to do, and it allowed them to spend like madmen last year in free agency and not really worry about it until cleaning it up. And that's what the ability of, a, of an off- a team that's been drafted well allows mm-hmm. you to do. That's why the Ravens have been so uh, very good. Right. I mean, the Seahawks, too. I mean, you've been able to, to draft and develop and keep these guys on cheap deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, if, looking a little bit in the future, I mean, Trevor is extension eligible next year. If Daniel Jones got $40 million per Oof. from the Giants, Trevor Lawrence deal. is going to start at, I mean – I mean, what, what part of Duval County could they, they sign him? I mean, he, <laughs> he is going to uh, uh, maybe be the highest play, paid player in the NFL when it becomes extension time for yeah, Trevor Lawrence. If he, if he plays well next season, I mean, the deal is just going to have yeah, to get next done, In next know. year, I mean, it's about Trevor adding zeros to that contract because right. he's extension eligible, eligible next offseason, mm-hmm. heading into year four. So it'll be interesting to see if the Jags... And I'm sure they will. They'll roll out the uh, the zeros. And the, that, they'll uh, roll out yeah. the red carpet. Shad knows what he has to do. Maybe he gives him a, a small copy of the kismet to sit next to it, you know. <laughs> uh, no, we'll see. Uh, you know, they're not going to let Trevor leave. Let, let's, let's be simple. They, as long as everything is rolling the way it is, Trevor's a Jaguar, which is good news. Uh, good problems to have is figuring out how to build a team around a quarterback with a big contract because that means you got your guy. Um, especially in this situation. Yep. So we'll talk more about it. Uh, free agency kicks off next week, so there's definitely some guys that we'll keep an eye on. I think I had picked out a couple a couple of weeks ago. One guy that I like the idea of is Marcus Davenport. He reminds me of like the Arden Key kind of deal. He hasn't really worked out mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Former first-round pick. Tools there. Just hasn't really put them all together. He could make sense, but... The pedigree could inflate the price a little mm-hmm. bit. We'll see if he kind of hangs around. Um, everybody always wants to talk about they need a running back. Jaguars can't really afford a great running back. How about Jared McKinnon or Jarek Jarek McKinnon? He was kind of a Super Bowl hero yeah. for the Chiefs. Not going to cost a lot. He was on a very cheap deal in Kansas City, uh, but he was a Super Bowl hero. He's a pass catching back, good pass blocker, um, and has done some things. Been around the league for a little while, so he could be a guy that could come in compete with Jamichael Hasty for that number two kind of roll at running back. And for, for Jaguars fans, Jacksonville fans who followed Yuli football, Derrick Henry, rumored to be on the trade block for the Titans. Can you imagine Somebody put out bringing some, him home? So just before we came up here to do the podcast, there was this, this some Jags writing organization that put out this whole article saying like, oh, the Jaguars should go get Derrick Henry. And wow, in a vacuum, it is a great idea. Great idea. It would be perfect. There is no way the Titans would trade Derrick Henry here. Now, if the Titans release Derrick Henry, we're having a whole different conversation right now. But as long as the plan is for them to try and trade him, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. <laughs> it sounds great. It sounds, it sounds great. great. Without I mean, a doubt. Like, if, if I'm sitting here telling you, oh, yeah, the Jaguars have Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. Oh, by the way, the running backs are Travis Etienne and Derrick Henry. People are like... <laughs> That would be great. It would be great. And the Titans aren't going to do it. <laughs> Funny story I have about Derrick Henry. I, my former job, we picked our Super 24 teams. It was top 24 high school players mm-hmm. in the area. And uh, during our Super 11 
24 celebration back then. I believe his year was 2013. So, uh, excuse me, graduation year was 2013, and this was the end of 2012. Jaguars' final home game, all those Super 24 selections were honored on the field before the game. And Derek was texting me and saying, I'm coming. I'm just, you know, we're, we had to go on the field, and I'm waiting out front for Derek. All the other players had been taken on the field. And he kept texting me because I'm, I'm running late. I keep getting stopped by people. I keep getting stopped by people for pictures and autographs. Yeah. And so he finally gets there, and um, I give him the tickets, and we start walking through the tunnel. And we're walking through the tunnel, and the Jaguars players are going back into the locker rooms. And they stop, talk, start, stop and start talking, hitting Derek on the back and giving him, you know, shoulder bumps and everything and trying to talk to him. So this is a, you know, an 18-year-old kid at the time and professional players were walking by and just really in, in awe of Derrick Henry. So it would be funny if he somehow ended up in Jacksonville. I mean, it would be phenomenal for him to finish his career off as a Jaguar, finish it off at home. I think that would be great. Um, if the Titans release him, we're having a whole different conversation. Yeah. If he's a free agent, I think the Jaguars 100% could pursue him or should pursue him. I mean, Travis Etienne is your speed. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about thunder and lightning? There it is. Um, it wouldn't make a ton of sense, but as long as the plan is for them to try and trade him, yeah. No, it's not going to happen. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, yeah, it's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. I know the fans but, here would love it. But he did. I mean, technically, he only has one year left on his contract, so even if the Titans don't trade him, we can have this conversation next year about, you know, is it time to bring Derek home? Maybe. I mean, maybe it would be. <laughs> but maybe not right now. But, you know, look, there's, there's some needs for the Jaguars and free agency that they'll have to find a way to plug. One guy that I'm really interested in is Sean Murphy Bunting from Tampa Bay. He was kind of their super, well, like, uh, like a playoff hero phenom for them as a rookie when they went on and won mm -hmm. the Super Bowl. He's picking off passes left and right through the playoff <laughs> stretch. And then he kind of cooled off, ended up back on the bench, and then kind of got back into the starting lineup. Um, I'm interested, and I don't know what Mike Caldwell thinks of him because he was there with him in Tampa, but he's a guy who can make sense to bring in for some corner depth and maybe even if they don't draft a guy to play that nickel role since that's what he Those are going to be the type of guys that yeah. are filled. They're not going to be the you know, Foley. I mean, there's not going to be the Christian Kirk kind of signing. These no, are going to be not frugal happening. signings. It's going to be frugal signings. Any impact, like, you, and you may get some impact players. I mean, think about it. Arden Key was an impact player, yeah. and he was kind of a frugal, under-the-radar kind of signing. So we have to, it's going to be smart signings of things that fit, things that make sense. But those high-impact, high-end, maybe excitement, your best bet's going to be the draft. Yep. Um, and it's, there should be some talented players on the board at 24. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. I like a few guys a little bit more now than I did even a few weeks ago. Combine helps some, but mm -hmm. some of the just the idea of how some of these guys could fit fit on the roster has kind of grown on me. Interesting so, though, the, and, and I never thought this was possible, but the Jalen Carter situation, you know, with the the Georgia guy, he, yeah. he obviously fell um, in many mock drafts after the combine. He sure. was uh, charged with two misdemeanors stemming from a, a wreck that killed one of his uh, former teammates and also a recruiting staffer. Right. Now, and I mentioned this online after that happened, and years ago, Lael Collins, remember him? Yes, I do remember Lael Collins from LSU, it, and he ended up going undrafted. Undrafted, and he yeah. was a first-round talent. Yep. The guy was never charged with anything, nope. never convicted of anything, but he was attached to, I believe, a murder investigation. It was a murder investigation. And sure he was. was a definitive first-round talent. Yes. Definitive. and. Mm -hmm. By day two, and has been a starter in the NFL yeah, for I mean has. for a decade. Been, a, been so. a very good player. So, and I'm not saying Jalen Carter is going to go undrafted, but if he slides, and again, there's there there are pre-draft issues, and if he's falling down the board significantly in mock drafts, the guy who's been rumored to be 
the number one or two best prospect available in this year's draft, and he's slipping down in mock drafts mm -hmm. from ESPN and other sorts, you know, to the 15 to the 20 range, just based on that. Jalen Carter was a guy that I loved, and I mean, <laughs> you could get him at a discount. I'm just saying, Jags would have to possibly consider that if the if the background work checks out. But Leo so, Collins, again, mm -hmm. a, a very good, a, a very good situation. First round talent, mm -hmm. undrafted. So, and, and again, he, he comes and he's been an, an all pro. And I thought about that conversation. I thought about that comparison when it came out because the thing that stood out to me about it was like how everybody was saying, oh, such a bad timing for, for this news to come out for Jalen Carter. Somebody was out to get him to drop the news when he did. And like the first thing that happened, like I want to understand, like this is a serious situation. He has been charged. We don't know the, the level of involvement. If, He's going to be convicted. So it is a serious situation. But I was like, no one was out to get him because they dropped the news 30 minutes before he got to the podium. If someone was, like, trying to time it up right, it would have dropped two seconds before he sat in a chair, and they would have asked him about it for 30 minutes right there on the spot. I mean, Laramie Tunzel, like, we saw that situation yeah. at the draft two years ago. Draft night. And that was draft night. And the same thing with Lalo Collins. Lalo Collins, his news dropped draft week. And Lalo, or Laramie Tunzel, his dropped draft night. Mm -hmm. So... It dropping in the combine almost a month. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of time for a lot of this stuff to get cleared up before draft night to see if his where his stock kind of ends up. So, th this wasn't worst case scenario for no. Jalen Carter. Could this hang over yeah. him? Like, if the, if yes. the police investigation say, look, there's something here, and we're still looking if we want to upgrade these charges or whatever it may be, could that impact him? Yes. Are there at least questions about, you know, he, like he's not going to foregone conclusion be the number one non-quarterback drafted now? It's not it's not a guarantee. Could he fall the 20? I don't know. I mean, that dude's good. Like, I, I could just. He's good. I mean, fan bases are going to start rioting if you're in the teens and you pass up on this dude. Um, like, I mean, I can't imagine the conversation that Trent and Doug and Shad would have to have if he's if you're sitting at 24 and Jalen Carter's on the board, and Trent's looking at Shad, and Shad's looking at Doug, and they're like, do we do it? <laughs> like, I can't imagine the, the conversation because, I mean, you want to talk about, like, that would be, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even know what it would be because I, that would just be a situation that you, because at some point someone's going to draft him. Yeah. I can't see him going undrafted for this. You look at situations even like Warren Sapp years ago when there were marijuana tests before the, combine and sure. his stock fell substantially obviously in a different era now as it pertains to, to drugs and marijuana but the Leal Collins situation mm -hmm. again the timing of that was was very suspect in terms of right around the draft right and teams really apprehensive and paused because for Jalen Carter it's the best situation for him to happen now when it's it happened, happened earlier and yeah. to be able to address these charges and by the way he's he said that he can't wait for his you know to sell his side and things yeah. will come out and has basically declared his innocence so but again you, you have to wonder if things like Todd McShay said a couple months ago that um, things with Jalen Carter that he had heard and reported on were character issues or flaws during his time at Georgia so you wonder if you know the the, the things combustible, you know things like that start to stack up, uh, in what Mache heard, and then obviously the right. misdemeanor charges where two people lost their lives. Um, if those play into any of that, into into that, so you hope not. But again, for, if it could benefit the Jaguars in a situation where a, a prospect like that falls, and the Jaguars have the research checked out on, maybe kick the tires on him. You know, I look, that's more than kick the tires. That's <laughs> 
you know, welcome him home at that point. If, if Ultimately, that's what all the teams have to do is they have to do their background research. I mean, Jaguars fans, you probably remember some teams talking about, like, the background research they did in Justin Blackman. as Which to was why. terrible, by the way. Well, the Jags didn't do any, <laughs> but the other teams did. Like, I mean, other teams talk about, like, sending people that were, were following him to see him go to bars and stuff around OK State. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why they'd ultimately decide to pass on him because they knew there was an issue and the Jaguars didn't decide to do their homework the same way, and it ultimately bit them. Now teams have even more resources to mm-hmm. do that sort of background homework and even more information than they had even then. Right. So uh, there should be a plenty of information. If he starts to slide, then clearly these teams have found something egregious uh, that, that you know maybe us yep. at home don't know about. And... If he, yeah, when you're, I mean, when you're if talking, he falls to 24, yeah, uh, there's, there's got to be something. When you're talking about a prospect who is generally considered one to two, yeah. best overall prospect in the draft, along with Will Anderson, I mean, and, and recent mocks have him in the in the in the teens. I mean, that's a pretty substantial slide. I, I don't think, think he's. I think a lot of that teams. is. I think is, that's reactionary. He's still go. He's. I think he's. If he's not the first non-quarterback off the board on draft night, it's because Will Anderson went first. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I. Eh, I think he's the first non-quarterback that's going to be off the board on draft night. I, I think ultimately. It's tough to say what pick just because there's going to be trades at the top end. Does like Houston try and trade up to make sure they get Bryce? How does that work? But Jalen Carter will be the first, I, at least in my opinion. I'll put, I, you know, put a dollar bet on it. All right. Uh, Jay, throwing a dollar down. Throwing a dollar down. <laughs> Jalen Carter will be the first non-quarterback draft. Right. I don't think I'll take that bet. I'll say he's not. I'll yeah. say he's Okay, not. we'll see. I'll take the field. Yeah, well, he, he said I'll take the field. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. But the Jaguars should have. The Combine's helped a lot. And there are some interesting guys that, that have definitely improved their stock some. So there should be someone there on at 24 that should be able to help the Jaguars this season. Yeah, agree. So we'll see. We'll get a little bit more into that uh, a little bit after free agency. Next week we'll probably check in uh, somewhere midway through the week or, or late in the week after free agency is kind of cooled off if we see the Jaguars doing anything. But uh, that'll do it for another News for Jags podcast, and we'll see you next time.